everyone, and welcome to a very special edition. We should like we love to say that all the time. Uh, about the Devil's Ball. Um, I am Nathaniel, and I'm Samuel. And uh, this week we're uh, well, this episode, not this week, um, is going to be our Friday the Thirteenth special. Yeah. Um, released on Friday the Thirteenth. It's not recorded on Friday the Thirteenth, but um. But uh, we are going to just go ahead and do Friday the 13th, part seven, um, uh, which has some interesting stuff to it. Um, But uh, actually, do you want to just jump in to do the vitals? Yeah, let's just Just, just just... jump into it. All right. All right. So Friday the 13th, part seven was uh, released May 13th, 1988. Uh, It's celebrating its 35th anniversary this year, which makes me feel incredibly, incredibly old. Um, For sure. Uh, directed by John Carl Beekler, uh, written by Daryl Haney. And I didn't say Daryl Hannah, and I was really worried I was going to. Um, but it's Daryl Haney. Yeah. <laughs> and Manuel Fidello, starring Terry Kaiser, Jennifer Banco, John Otrin, Susan Blue, Larpart Lincoln, Kevin Spertus, Susan Jennifer Sullivan, Heidi Kozak, the great Kane Hodder, mm-hmm. uh, the also great William Butler. Um, who we just talked about in uh, Night- Nightmare on Elm Street, Night of Living Dead, nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my page just refreshed out of out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stacy Greason, Larry Cox, Jeff Bennett, Dana Barros, and Elizabeth Hayton. Uh, we got a cameo from um, I'm blanking on the on the actor's name. Uh, but Crazy Ralph uh, comes back to do a voiceover for the uh, oh, for the, the legend of Crystal Lake. Um, and uh, Jack well, Beekler was a cameo in it as well as the guy who picks up the hockey mask at the end. Uh, Walt Gorney. Walt Gorney, there you go, is our operate yeah. opening narrator in this right. movie. But um, and then you know, there's a whole bunch of people that were in the um archival footage at the beginning, right. Um, namely, uh, like which, everybody, but, yeah. yeah, mostly from the last couple of installments, you know, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but, so yeah. uh, where do you want to start with this? Oh, it's a good question. Um, well, I mean, let's start at the, the beginning. This was supposed to be, um, they were starting to, to try to put together Freddy versus Jason, uh, when this one was getting made. And uh, they they couldn't get it together due to the various rights issues and such. So they, they decided, well, who else can we put it against Jason? It's like, oh, let's do Carrie, you know? Yeah. Let's... Is it really, though? I thought I had read that that that's, was sort of the joke. <laughs> that's the joke. On set. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Carrie versus Jason. It wasn't really supposed Literally, to be. Literally, yeah. But they were trying to get, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street to cross yes. over with it at the time. Uh, and couldn't couldn't, you know. Yeah, because uh, three had, that circle yet. Three had just come out, right. which was where Nightmare on Elm Street kind of became the the franchise. Right, really became right. a franchise. So suddenly there was a conversation, but allegedly, you know, it just the conversations broke down, right? Uh, due to mostly they couldn't decide who would actually make it. Yeah, um, who would, who would yeah. make it? Who would profit off? Of who it, would profit? Know, those are, those right. are big big questions, right? Uh, yeah, who who spends the money and then right. who gets the profit? Um, I think to the idea that both wanted to make it in exchange for the lion's share of the profit. Right. And they would just pay the other company 
like a licensing fee ostensibly right. uh and so neither side was going for that right um which of course is how that works when you could have just said okay 50 50 you know and 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 made 50, a film. 50 that's that's crazy talk yeah that's crazy talk who needs that right but right. who needs half of a lot of money um mm -hmm. when you can have all of the money but then you get none of the money so uh i think probably tough luck there on paramount right uh and new line but well new line actually win they got to make yeah, it they, they won so, in the end yep yeah uh so tough luck paramount I guess they wound but, up owning owning the rights and to both of them and making all the money themselves, mm -hmm. you know, all the money themselves. Uh, but and, and uh, you know, if we only we could look into that uh, alternate universe where that movie right. happened and see what it would have been at that period. I I still but, think that we won as as fans. I I, I agree. I I, I, I like love Freddy versus Jason for, yeah. for what it is, and um, I think having read the uh, the book uh, yeah. Slash of the Titans, I think we dodged a. a a lot of bullets, bullets. yeah <laughs> to, to a lot there. of bullets it's like yeah. neo neo dodging bullets yeah right. like yeah um almost every single one of those script ideas were terrible right so but no as far as the carry thing i've heard it legitimately said that oh, people yeah. like you know oh no no it was supposed to be carry versus jason and i went well right. no from what i understand it was that's how it's they joked about it yeah. on set you know was like oh it's carry versus jason right. uh and that it mimetically grew from there to a point where it's almost like an right. urban legend now that people are like, well, it was supposed to be, I've heard someone say that it was supposed to be Carrie. They couldn't get Sissy Spacek. And I was like, really? I doubt I've it. never heard anyone say it. Really? Say it no, that I've heard it. I've, yeah. I've thought wow. I've, I've said it. I that's think certainly that's certainly an opinion to have. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know. I, well, I think it's just a mis mis uh, misinterpretation of the actual information. Right. right. That basically the, the joke, they were calling it that on set mm -hmm. supposedly being like, Oh, well, yeah, we ended up with Carrie right. versus Jason because we couldn't get Freddie versus Jason. Yeah. I mean, um, it's just, as, it's just as much a weekend at Bernie's crossover as it is a Carrie's cross crossover. Right. Right. Um, yeah, or you could make, you know, or it's the Fury meets, uh, right. you know, uh, any movie with a psychic, really. But, mm -hmm. you know, because um, Tina uh, here is not just telekinetic. So right. she's also clairvoyant and yeah. psychometric. Mm -hmm. So uh, the only thing she can't do is read minds, apparently. And maybe right. she will someday. You know, when she goes, leaves here and goes and joins Charles Xavier's school for the gifted, <laughs> um, which could happen because, um, you know, Friday the 13th has been connected to every goddamn other property at some point or another. Right. So either in film or in uh, fiction. So who knows? Maybe they're X-Men, but it could be. Yeah. It would explain a lot about this franchise, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it could be if you're connected to Marvel Comics, then yeah, you could be like, well, it's got a death curse, but right. Um, but I know that at least canonically, it is considered Freddy, Jason, and Evil Dead all exist right. within the same universe. Yeah, uh, and that's even like canon, canon, like right, like yeah, it's even, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, the creators are like, yes, um, right, but um. Because Jason Goes to Hell actually has a Necronomicon in it. Right. Well, before there was a comic book, they actually did have it in the film. So that's canon, nerds. Yep. Um, although you, it. yep. Although you could make it, people will, and I'm sure do, make an argument that right. Jason Goes to Hell is not canon. But I think it's canon. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a Friday 13th movie. How is it? It's a Friday. Yeah, it's always canon. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but arguing with canon nerds is always a waste of time. So well, speaking of canon nerds, like mm. I just realized uh, watching it this time through that, um, and I just re- realized I remembered, I can't remember which, I probably remembered because they mentioned it in the uh, the documentary, um, Crystal Lake Memories, mm. um, that uh, Jason had been underwater for 10 years. So it's been 10 years since Friday 13th Part 6. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, instead of actually like, what, two years? Yeah. You know? So yeah. this would have been like in the mid-90s when this took place, you know? No. Well... If if you really want to like hurt your brain, you could always yeah, yeah. look at the look at the uh, official like Friday Thirteenth timeline and see when all these movies take place. It's it's well, I mean, this is a someone is actually a, got a calendar out and you know, made sure. it all work. You know, yeah, no, and I mean, as a franchise, we got to keep in mind that uh, you know, even if you watch Crystal Lake Memories, one of the first things that occurs when they start talking mm-hmm. about sequels is Sean Cunningham saying, "No way does this track whatsoever." Right. Um, you know, the yeah. the idea that Jason is even alive in part two makes no sense. Right. Um, but you've uh see we've seen plenty of effort to try to make it make sense, yeah. but um it never did. Right. So it it's it's fine. Yeah, the one part the one part of the like the timeline that I like um is is the, the fact that you know like two, three, and four take place over the course of a weekend. You know, yeah, they're all together, yeah, right. And we both yeah. take a drink at the same time because yeah, we won so, some some game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, it's true. Um, yeah, it's just true that all three of them, all uh, two, three, and four, all happen uh, right next to each other, and then uh, the distance between one and two is real time, right? I think, yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, then from two, three, four are all the same like three day period. Yeah. Right. Uh or three or four days, whatever. Yeah, yeah however long how many is, how, yeah. however many nights there are. The holiday it, weekend, but, you know, it's like, Yeah. Yeah. It was a long weekend. Right. Um but yeah, it's um it's such a weird such a weird timeline and and it never made sense to begin with, so No. You know. But I do think it's kind of cool that somebody actually did the math on it, I guess, mm-hmm. but you know. It's not as cool as like um, them trying to figure out what day uh, Ice Cube's a good day takes place. Oh yeah, um, no, that's clever. But uh, but it's it's up there with, with, for me. Oh yeah, I do remember those. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of clever. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So I mean, the general uh, elevator pitch is ostensibly Carrie versus Jason. Right. We have a, a troubled telekinetic girl. Uh, mm-hmm. Returning to uh, returning to the place where she killed her dad, um, right. allegedly to get better, but in fact to be exploited by a mean, uh, if not outright evil, authority figure. I, um, I call him evil. I call him evil. evil. Yeah, he is pretty evil. Um, and then uh, you know, and then there's a boy uh, that right. she likes, and uh, and then Jason shows up, and. Uh, she has to fight him off with her telekinesis. Right. So it's ostensibly any other Friday the Thirteenth movie with a psychic, right? Um, and uh, which I dig. Yeah, uh, we've we've talked about this before. That you know, my favorite almost any franchise is when they go insane. Right. Um, they, and 
And they have to stretch the premise, you know, each and each each time a little bit more to a little to bit make further. It work. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, they had uh the first four, of course, are actually relatively well earnestly meant. They're right. they're straightforward slasher films. And then five is the attempt to reinvigorate the franchise. It's self-referential uh, of the first film. Right. And then you have um, six is the comedy. Right. So now it's time to stretch the premise. Yeah. And um, and then it gets worse from there. Right. Um, you know, and six, that... six really reinvigorated the franchise, too. I mean, it, oh, it you did. Know, yeah. It, uh, one day we'll get around to covering it when other cuts. Like yeah. legitimately, like I love that movie. <laughs> like yeah. it's just no, it's, it's so a lot fun, of fun. You know, yeah, no, it's a really fun film. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the uh, prior to that, I mean, five had been a flop, right? Um, and they, the franchise's future was really in question. They took a gamble on six, and mm-hmm. it did uh pull everything back together, right? Um, and then they immediately didn't know what to do with it, like right, right afterwards, you know, right, right. So we'll just have to make shit up. Um. You know, we have no real story here um, that um, that, yeah, we have to go there. Uh, And seven is actually, again, uh, probably the next four in the franchise. Mm -hmm. This is the one that's probably the most grounded. Right. Um, As crazy as that sounds. Which is pretty insane because it's a girl who moves shit with her mind. Right. Um, But, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, where do we where do we break this thing down? Because, I mean, like um it's it's both i think there's both a lot to talk about and not a lot to talk about right. all at the same time so what did you want to why don't you start us off with a topic what did you um what what struck you that you wanted to talk about with friday the 13th 7 um you know i just this is this is a weird duck for me because like when i was a kid i liked it like a whole lot like this was my favorite i think because one of my favorites because like Jason's in a lot of it, um, and he looks like completely badass. Um, Very true. You know, he's he's got the outside of uh, the unmasked makeup of part four, where you know Tom Savini, you know, does a, a fully grown living Jason. As far as the zombie Jasons go, this is like by far the coolest looking zombie Jason. Sure. Um, you know, so but then as I got older, like I like I realized like you know that it's not as strong as I thought it was because, um, well, basically the MPA destroyed this movie. I mean, that is true. You know, they, they took it and they wanted you know, every death scene to be cut out. And what are we watching a Friday 13th film for? We're watching it for Jason. And what are we watching Jason for? We're watching it for so he can kill people. And what right. did we take out? We took out the kills. Right. Um, the kills from a director who who's a special effects artist you know so it should have been like you know a, a slam dunk right um you know so as an adult like it kind of got weaker and weaker for me but like this time watching it through um like i really like the bones of the the, the story though it's it's got yeah. a good atmosphere it's um it's got a good cast um but if if you don't have those kills, what are you there for? You know, it's yeah. There are still some good kills in this. Yeah, one. yeah, including fact, you know the funniest kill of the entire. Series. I was gonna say probably my favorite, my favorite right. kill of the whole series is the the, the kill's so good they referenced it in Jason X. I mean, right. like you know, yeah. um the uh the infamous sleeping bag kill, right? Is, Which the the MPAA, you know, they uh 
they made that a great kill. Um, you know, they they did somehow somehow it turned out okay this time. Um, yeah, they they had an edit where you know he just kept bashing it repeatedly into the tree and uh, yeah. The one is enough. Until one, yeah. Yeah, and the one is perfect. Yeah, right. And they use the shot where he just slams the thing down and kicks it. You know, Mm. and uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful kill. Um, and it looks great. Uh, I, I I sometimes I would have to assume it's got some sort of like uh, magnetic or electronic sensor in it to make it shake the way it does. But it looks good. It looks like there's a woman. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was like a dummy and a bunch of blood, and it was a lot heavier than they thought it was going to be. So it probably you know mimicked the <clears throat> the size and weight of you know of, of a person, an actual person, bed. yeah. Right. It yeah. just worked out perfectly. For yeah, that. Um, it's just one nice long shot too. It's just like he yeah. picks it up and slams it against the tree. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, yeah, it's perfect. And the effects work and the sound work and everything works together to just make it great. You know, they have the yeah. screaming and all of a sudden it just touch clunk yeah yep yeah no it's a perfect kill it's probably my favorite in the whole series um you know i can't think of one off the top of my head that i like Mm. better um that um uh although this one has a couple still has some good ones uh other than that i do actually like the weird weed whacker one right um i i guess it's a weed whacker what is that item that he uses it's it's a weed whacker with a saw blade attachment of course you know like everyone has you know Right. I guess it was, I, I kind of thought it was a weed whacker that he kind of took the safety thing off of. But um, right. I don't know. But because uh, you no know, weed whackers usually have the case on it. So you don't right. cut off your foot or whatever your fingers. Yeah. And then uh, there's usually just like a string. It's not it's not a. Yeah. It's not a blade. You know. Oh, it's not a blade. No, I we're taking one apart. So what do I know about weed whackers? Right. Um, but no, it's um, I, I'm ridiculously unhandy, folks. You have no idea. Right. Um, it's usually like a string or a chain, you know. Yeah. Okay. It just it doesn't. You still don't want to put it? your hand. You still don't want to put your hand near it, but because uh, oh. it goes so fast. But I thought it. I thought it had a blade in it. That's weird. Mm, I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't no, know. you're probably right. You have a house. You probably used one. I don't. I don't use them though. I mean, oh. I I mow the lawn and I said that's good enough. You know. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but no, I mean, it, my, my handyman skills or gardening skills or any sort of actual functional skill, like, right. I know how to do fictional analysis, kind of it. Um, yeah. you know, I, I can kind of sort of manage teenagers at a movie theater, um, <laughs> uh, and not well. Um, right. but you know, I, uh, but recently actually I got some new bookshelves for my new apartment and I literally had to get three to come help me uh-huh. because I couldn't yeah. put them together. Right. Um, my mother back when I was a kid. Uh, my my friend Doyle would help me put together things on occasion, mm. and every time I got any new piece of furniture, my mother would still say, like right up until my thirties, like, "Is Doyle coming to help you?" And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks for the vote of confidence, mom." But she's like, "You don't know how to do that." And I'm like, "You're right, I don't." But we could at least pretend I do, right? But so yeah, I don't think I've ever actually used a weed whacker, but um, I just thought I had a blade. That's weird. All right. right. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell the object is then. I don't know what it is he's doing, what he's using. I think I, I think the 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 documentary said what it was, but because mm-hmm. I think they said it was a very weird implement to begin with. Right. Like, why would there want be one there? But they were like, we needed something. But it's not bad. Um, and I think uh, Melissa's death always mm-hmm. strikes me as pretty good. And that that, that I'm sure that yeah. was cut down. But I think again, it might be a happy accident that we just get the. 
the thunk. And, yeah, the thunk, yep. and then we see it in her head. Right, he throws her out and of the she way. She throws. Yep. Yeah, I like that kill too. Um, mm. I like that Melissa lasts as long as she does, but um, yeah, we're, she's we're, such, we're, we're, she's such an unpleasant person that you think she'd be like one of the first people to go. You know, she just doesn't get involved with anything, right? And even, that, you know, and even in this, she's like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they say, please don't. Just, yeah. Right. And it's just bad timing because Jason's literally at the door. Mm-hmm. Well, the only one's left. Yeah. At that point. So he's killed every other character in the film right. except those three. So I like Melissa's sort of the last one standing of the right. ancillary cast. And I just find that to be very fun. But um, yeah. And a very lovable villain, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just. <laughs> Uh, do you think this is uh, so this is something I was thinking about I guess we'll we'll transition from kills to this at least temporarily um out of most of the Friday 13 casts mm-hmm. I think this is actually one of the more interesting um right. and um part of it makes me wonder and this is the question I have for you is do you think this is one of the nicer groups of kids we've had or one of the mm-hmm. worst groups or awfulest kids we've had uh Kind of a little bit of both. Because, yeah. Um, I think they are like in a lot of ways nicer and like less, you know, sleazeball than a lot of the kids kids were. Mm-hmm. Um, not including like the original like group of counselors because they're counselors and they're, you know, kind of like, yeah. you know, nice, genial people to begin with. But um, like as far as the yeah. partying teenagers, you know, trope um, of, of the series, I think these were amongst the nicer. But at the same time, like they like, I'll dive in really head first on, you know, Melissa's idea of mocking this woman for being in an insane asylum, you know? True. So true. Some of them anyway. Yeah. Well, I, and I think, yeah, to your point about it's a little bit of both. It did occur to me that I was like kind of basing that on the kind of the two main ones, which are Nick, mm-hmm. who is probably the nicest guy. Right. In any Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I like him and we'll yeah. talk about him because I like him. Um, but, um, and then Melissa might be one of the worst right. kids, kids we've ever had in a Friday the 13th movie. I say kid, even though the actress is clearly 30. But, you know, um, she may not have been. I don't know. Apologies to her. if, I, if she's, right, right. But but um, there's definitely some Dawson casting going on. These these mm-hmm. aren't these aren't kids no, at no, any rate, no. um, at least in their 20s, playing what's, I guess, supposed to be 18, 19. Right. Um, uh, and uh, but yeah, I um, I like how uh, society marches on to that, you know, um, uh, weed smoking is clearly seen as somewhat weird, right? In this movie, um, and I'm like, well, now that's the tamest shit they're doing, you know, yeah. is the uh, is like he's like, you know, we're gonna smoke some weed, and the girls were like, I don't know, should we go smoke weed? Right. Um, and I'm like, now it's like, well, they'd all be doing it and yeah. that would be normal. That would be the beginning of the party. And right. then it would be from here. We'll drink. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing to do that to, to kind of say like the stoner guy might be a little bit like sketchy. Right. By 1988 standards where now he probably seems like he's the most harmless guy there. Um, right. other than Nick. But, um, you know, yeah, these are kind of a square bunch of kids, you know, they, this is a pretty square group. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where they have a square right. in their group, uh, the guy who owns the cabin, apparently or his yeah. parents cabin. 
um, is very square. I don't think he has one scene indoors. You notice that? No, oh, no he does. Right. He does have one. He does, yeah, where he's like, you yeah. know, freaking what, out about what, the party. Right, the party, yeah. Yep. Other than that, he's outside for every scene. Right. Um, and um, and uh, I like that two different couples have sex in the van. Right. Um, it's just... It's just what's that? That's what the van's there for. That's you know? what the van's there for. They have a they have a screwing van, right? Um, they're in a cabin, mm-hmm. uh, miles away from anybody, but they have a screwing van, right? So, I do like that they lampshaded. Like, why are we sleeping in the van if we have a cabin right here? You know. Yeah, but then the other couple uses it, right? <laughs> and um, and I think they had their own room. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's just kind of funny that they have one. I guess. I mean, but right. I guess for teenagers, you know. But um, teenagers love van sex. Apparently, they love van sex in 1988. Yep. Apparently, that was a thing. Yeah, no disco ball in there. Right. But um, but yeah, these are these are weird kids. I mean, like, mm-hmm. but they are pretty square in terms of like the. We don't even see a lot of drinking. No. They're, they're, they have alcohol, but we don't see them do a lot of it. Um, right. Like mostly it's like the stoner guy, like is drinking, you know, the most. I think it might and, be, yeah. It might be the only one that has a beer in right. his hand, the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the rest of them, are like, you know, talking about working together to make the hibachi grill work and, right. um, you know, skinny dipping, mm-hmm. uh, which looks like it's a little cold that time of year for skinny dipping. But yeah. Um, Okay. I think they filmed this in like November. Like so yeah, yeah it would be well they usually do. Cold. Yep. Right. Uh, uh that's the story, but that was the thing on um four we talked about when we covered four about right. the, uh how the stuntman who played Jason, then apologies, I can't remember his name. Right. Uh in that one had uh, to like Ted, Ted White? No. Mm, no. Maybe. You're gonna look it up because you're I'm gonna look it up, yeah. Because yeah, it'll drive me insane. But how he saved the uh I kind of saved the actress from actual like permanent health damage right. because it was too much. Um, it was too cold. Where they shoot these things in the fall, but it's supposed to be summer, I guess. But right. But well, it, you know, it's the it's the they use usually use, you know, actual cabins and stuff, so they can't use film use during the, the busy series. Yeah. Season, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. And um. But yeah. I mean, the scene in which Nick and Tina are talking on the shore of the pond. I mean, it looks like it's about to snow, but you right. know, it's uh, it's very gray and the trees are dead. And I'm like, summer, <laughs> right? <laughs> Time for skinny dipping. <laughs> but um. But yeah, we we have to, it's a Friday Thirteenth movie, so somebody had to get naked and jump in the water. Right. Um, yeah. It was it was Ted White. Ted White. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, somebody had to. So Friday the Thirteenth right. film, right? I think that's my favorite thing about the Friday the Thirteenth films is mm-hmm. the skinny uh, dipping. Well, well, yeah, maybe when I was younger. Right. Now I'm kind of like, eh. but um, but no, I I think the idea that these movies are what they are, mm-hmm. and there's really no pretension there. Um, right. You know, uh, seeing stuff like uh, the Halloween trilogy, most recent Halloween trilogy, which is mm-hmm. like the attempt at creating some sort of substance out of something that really didn't need it. Um, right. That I watched something like Friday the 13th and like, think like we got Carl, John Carl Buchler to direct this thing. I don't think he ever sat there and said, well, this is my Bergman. Right. You know, um, it was, I know what I'm making. Right. 
uh, and and Friday Thirteen Seven is a great example of a movie that kind of just revels in what they're making. They're having a good mm-hmm. time with it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's I think that's what their charm is, um, you know. And I think that's yeah. why I still like Seven. And I watch it and go, "This is so dumb." Right, right. Um, None but, of it makes any sense. You know? Yeah, it's not, but it doesn't have to. I mean, right. like we can make jokes all day about like you know the kids doing dumb shit, but that's what mm. these movies are about, right? Or Jason is, teleporting from place to place, from scene to scene, you know? Right? Yeah, he just yeah. apparently can just go wherever he wants. Um, right. You know, despite Kane Hodder trying to like, I think still ground a little yeah. bit, but it doesn't make sense that it's grounded. Um, right. Like for example, he cuts the power, uh, but he takes two holes to rip right. it out and i just thought that was a weird choice yeah and i was like but i feel like that's like well no we gotta ground it somehow like you have a girl who's literally gonna throw a house at him right. later you, you but you punched through a guy earlier today you know yeah right um yeah he's you can see his spine where his right. flesh is rotting away but make sure he has to pull it twice um you know it's it was such mm-hmm. a weird choice but i mean that's again the charm of friday the 13th is like why the hell is any of this happening? Right. And um, the answer is it doesn't matter. No. And I I think that that's the fun of it, you know, and I think that's something that we are missing in modern horror, I think. Yeah. But that's kind of what worries me about like this new um, Crystal Lake TV series that they're, they're working on. Like, it's like, we're going to try to make this like all like lore driven and like, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm against it. Like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the hell out of it. Right, you know, watch everything. I mean, right, right. You, know, you and I are, I think, both the same in that we're gonna watch right. everything that comes our way. Right. Um, anything major franchise related, we're gonna check it out. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, but no, I think I I think I'm with you on that. That that does concern mm-hmm. me a little bit. Um, I think you get away with that with Elm Street. You know, I think you yeah, can get away with that. Kind of built the lore little organically you know along the way yeah. i think uh adding you know little pieces here and there you yeah. know with each film so whereas you know friday the 13th didn't really have much other than like this is a campfire tale um and until they tried to you know really go off the deep end with you know jason goes to hell and try to mm. explain everything in the worst possible way or the best possible way <laughs> well but... i mean it's both really yeah yeah well, no, Friday the 13th will always be a contradiction. Yeah. Um, you know, there is no stretch of the imagination you can call these good movies. Right. But they're a lot of fun to watch. And so they mm-hmm. are good movies. You right. know, like we we have fun with them. Um, they never really get old. No. Uh, I, I can't count how many times I've seen Friday the 13th 7 and I still had a good time. Yeah. You know. Um, the, the one, the only one of the series that I have to be in the right mood to watch is the first one. Agreed. Because because it's 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 a slow burn, and you know it's it hasn't doesn't have all the tropes in the series yet. Yeah, and it's just you know, if I'm not in the right mood, like I can find it boring, and uh, yeah, that's not what you want when you're watching a Friday Thirteenth. The rest of the series does not have that problem. No, I think we talked about that when we talked about Friday Thirteenth, right? Um, with um with Michelle Nesk, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, who by the way today, the mm-hmm. day this episode airs. Their film, or you know, a lot of Rollis, is going to be on YouTube. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So on today, Friday the 13th, which is not today because Sam and I are recording this on under the night. But right. when you're listening to this, mm-hmm. uh, that movie is available on uh, on YouTube um, right. to be viewed. 
So, so go watch it. Go watch it. It's great. Um, you know, uh, we'll mention it again at the end of the at the end of the episode, but and we'll right. probably mention it on the one we're recording tomorrow night, which is airing before this one. But yeah. wanted to throw it out there again. Anyway, uh, thank you for reminding me. But yes. Friday the thirteenth, uh, we talked about it. We talked about how it was actually kind of difficult to sit through mm-hmm. because it was both, uh, both because of the way the film is constructed. Uh, the more familiar it becomes, mm-hmm. uh, well, familiarity was the other thing, as I said, both, but right. um, but the familiarity of it and it's the way it's constructed, right? Ultimately, make it difficult to kind of sit through on a whim. Yeah. Um, whereas Friday, any other sequel, I think you can literally throw it on doing right. anything else and you will look up on occasion and have a good time with it, don't have to pay attention. There's no story. There's no plot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, you're not going to get lost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Wait, what happened? Right. Um, you know, which interchangeable kid got killed now? <laughs> I don't remember. I was right. really, I was really invested in weed guy. Um, yeah. where is he? Um, you know, it's no, it's, 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 it's always good for a quick throw on, throw it on the TV. You know, it's yeah. always good yeah. for that. Um, it's so I think cinematic that's cinematic junk food, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's exactly what it is. It's the equivalent of buying a Hostess, you know, cupcake, right. and you know it won't fill you up. You'll be hungry in an hour, right? You know, but you're but, not going to regret it. Huh? You're not going to regret. It. Well, you might. Yeah, we might. Yeah. Depending on at my age, yeah. Uh, you know, depends on what time of day. But but you know, it's uh, that's exactly what it is, and that, that's yeah. why I think I really dig these things. Is um is that like you know like i said there's no way anybody thought they were making art right you know um nobody got carried away with it um you know which is sort of the problem with like with you know uh excess believer for example Mm. is another one that it's like well you're you think you're doing something here but you're you shouldn't be like just you can't have it both ways the first one think. was art. You don't have to do it again. You know, it's, right. it's, you know, yeah. Just make Exodus the beginning again. I don't give a shit. You right. know, um, which is an example of a movie that I think is is probably watchable, mm-hmm. but it's not. You know, Rennie yeah, Harlan right. again. That's another one that Rennie Harlan knew what he was doing. Right. You know, he was knew he was making something stupid, and he went and did it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but no, I mean that's what makes I think most franchise horror operate is that lack of pretension right um that comes with it and um and nobody had to work too hard i feel like everybody had a good time i know that yeah this one this one was another one that maybe there was some tension on but Mm -hmm. um according to the documentary um i think yeah the leads didn't really get along i guess yeah uh, or yeah or she didn't get along with john carl buchler right at the time um but yeah, um, yeah, Laura Park Link. I think it was that. I think it was Laura Park mm-hmm. Lincoln and John Carl Buechler didn't care right. for each other, and they had some friction. But mm-hmm. they did commentary together for the Blu-ray, so I think they probably got yeah. Along. They buried they buried uh, that hatchet. Yeah, in Melissa's head. Yeah, but um, bum bum, bum bum bum. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I bum bum bum. Um, but yeah, the uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it does feel like everybody was probably pretty cool with this one mm-hmm. you know i mean it uh maybe they weren't i don't know maybe right. they all hated each other but 
they seem like fun to make at any rate. Yeah. Is my point. Um did you notice in the in did you watch the uh Crystal Lake memories thing going into this? No, like, not for not for okay. this. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I know you've seen it before. Um mm. but they kept saying that um you know the leads didn't have chemistry. And I'm like, did the leads in these movies ever have chemistry? Uh, yeah, and I would disagree. I think they did. Yeah, but, I, yeah. Apparently they didn't according to the cast and crew of, of this movie, they they did not. Mm. Um but mm. you know, I just I think it's because, you know, I don't know if Larpark Lincoln had chemistry with Nick, but I know Nick is just such a likable character that I just I think it just kind of you know feels like they have chemistry with everybody because he's just you know yeah he's a he's a he's a genuinely a good charismatic guy. yeah yeah he's right. he's a pretty charismatic actor too he's just good looking mm-hmm. and um very handsome young man right. but um but yeah I mean I I think watching it through this time the scene that stuck out to me was the scene between the two of them mm-hmm. um on the shore like i said earlier it looks like it's about the snow right um and then the you know melissa's watching them um, right from behind the uh lack of foliage um <laughs> right. and uh but no i mean like from literally two feet away like yeah in dead forest um to the point where you they you think they would have said at the end of the scene like you know we could see you there just come yeah out. melissa yeah. come on we see you um right but no, I mean, like that scene, uh, the reason why it stuck out to me is because I felt like the two had Tim chemistry mm, okay. and that um, it seemed very genuine to me. Like that's right. that's a, that's a first kiss to me. That's what that right. looks like, you know, where there's a hesitation where they don't know if they want to kiss, right. uh, you know, but they want to kiss. So they kiss. It's uh, I thought it was really cute and I thought it was yeah. a good I thought it was a nice moment where I was like, actually, I buy this, you know, and there's no like declaration of forever. You right. know, it's uh, just an innocent kiss, you know. Yeah. It's like well, we like each other and right. we're going to kiss I each love, other. I love the scene where he comes over to invite her to the party too. like he yeah. introduces himself to the mom and just like I was just ask her if she wanted to come to a party, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very corny. shucks, you know. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's very friendly. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like Nick a lot. I think mm-hmm. he's a I, I like I said, I think he's probably the nicest character in any Friday the thirteenth. I can't think of anybody right. off the top of my head. I mean, there are people who like, you know, uh there is, you know, the guy who gave Indiana Jones his hat in five, but uh who was running a school running a camp <laughs> for halfway house. So yeah, I mean, he's probably house. a pretty nice guy, but right. um we don't really get to know him in that movie. No. Uh, he just kind of disappears, but um, before he gets thrown through a window with a something in his head. But um, but they give Indiana Jones his hat, and that's canon yep. too. Damn right it is. <laughs> it can't possibly be, but <laughs> you know. But maybe it was the his timelines don't add up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe it was his dad. But um, yeah, considering that the opening of Indiana Jones and Last Crusade took place in like mm-hmm. 1928, right? Um, but yeah, uh. But yeah, I mean, no, it's it, there's that guy. He's nice, but there are nice people in the Friday Thirteen series. But um, I will say, Five is probably the only one that has nice authority figures in it. Yeah, I can't think of another movie that does. Not um, terribly useful authority figures, but uh, nice. No, you know? no, he well, doesn't Pam, seem to be able to corral his kids very well. Yeah, well, Pam takes care of takes care of business in that movie, but true. Yeah, um, 
and she manages to save Reggie the Reckless. So I yeah. mean, uh, um, but yeah, no, I think that um, this movie is is the start really of where the you know authority figures are absolute scum, right? Um, the rest of the series is mostly anybody that's actually in a position of authority is kind of a pile of shit. Right. Um, when we cover it one day, we'll talk about that gem of a oh god, yeah. uh, gem of a stepdad. Um, right. and uh, you know, uh, Jason X as the professor who outright you know sells out people, right? Um, but yeah, this movie has uh, Doctor, uh, oh, what's his name, Doctors. Dr. Cruz, Cruz, yeah. Bad bad news Cruz. Yep. Um, who is an absolute scumbag and uh throws an innocent woman in front of him to uh protect himself. Doesn't even throw. Does it's not no. even it's not even a throw. She he just holds her. Holds there. her there so right. that he doesn't get hit. Like a throw you could like, at least play off like I've panicked. I just threw the person. No, she's just holding her. He there. holds her in place yep. while she's actively trying to get away. Right. Um, yeah, no, he's then he tries to convince Kino to go with him so that right, uh, he can <laughs> hide behind her telekinetic <laughs> powers, right? Um, you know, it's uh, you know, he's uh, he's just a, definitely a gem. Uh, yeah. do you think his death is good enough for him? I feel like he probably should have had something worse happen to mm. him, but no, I, I don't, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Again, it's hard to tell because they cut most of that death apart. So, sure. You know, well, there's, I, I, there's, there's a lot of footage of the like guts being thrown by the machine and stuff. You know, like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, well, okay. In the name of in the name of karmic death and horror, um, right. do you think Tina should have killed him or caused mm-hmm. his death, or do you think that would have hurt Tina as a character? Yeah, I think that would have hurt Tina as a character. Um, mm. I could I could see maybe like a situation where like you know it's a similar to like what happened with you know Dr. Cruz and her mom you know where yeah you know you could you could both try to get out of here or you could you know help the other one get killed and hope that he gives you time to get not get killed yeah and maybe she lets him get killed but it that I feel I like know. if I were to remake it and rewrite it I would have had um like her telekinetically hold a door shut so he can't right. get in, get into the house or something. Right. <laughs> but, um, well, that might make her too evil. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so. you know, but even though, I mean, yeah, I guess if there's a complaint I have about Tina and I actually do think Laura Park Lincoln's good in this movie, I think mm-hmm. she does a pretty good job, but yeah. there's a little bit too much whining from right. her. Uh, I think there's too much of an effort to make her an innocent and mm-hmm. I think a little bit more of an edge throughout would have right. Uh, well, she's kind of a one note character. So yeah. I mean, and I, I again, we're talking about you know rounded characters in this series, but I mean, yeah, yeah right. For yeah. for your lead, I think it's important to to, to have a well rounded character, even if yeah. you're in this kind of series. Especially because the script does uh, at least I think make something of an attempt that to right. say when she gets mad, you know, uh, yeah. bad things happen. Right. Um, that I think a uh, that so I do think a little bit of a like, fuck that guy, right moment wouldn't have made her too evil. Um, you just have to play it very. You'd have to tread very carefully with it to right. make sure she's not being, uh, the other villain. But yeah. at the same time, uh, I don't know if anybody would mind. No, nobody would mind. 
yeah. you know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think you'd really undercut that much because Cruz is such a shithead, right? That, um, you know, we can, you can kind of get away with it, I think. Um, but, uh, but what yeah, if, I mean, what if like they were together when you know confronting Jason and um, he's like, you know, save me, and she's like, you know, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run away. And he's yeah. like, you bitch and you know that her that her powers flared like she cracks her neck his neck or something yeah and jason kind of like looks at her like that dude that was mine that was mine yeah no doing? yeah that might work yeah. yeah or um or just this part of the setup of uh of uh what kane hotter does really well with jason in this movie is give him a lot of personality yeah um that um you can see jason getting angry right throughout all of the ordeal in the last act yeah. that angrier um, and angrier and more and more outraged yeah 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 and like just and, the look of outrage when like she breaks his mask like just it's like oh no yeah. you did you know yeah no yeah and that's what i mean is that it's uh you know there would have been a great moment for him to react to <laughs> that um right. you know uh but because i think part of like uh, no not only is he getting angrier but i think he's respecting her Right. Like, you know, there's a there's an attitude of him going, I don't know what's going on right now, but mm-hmm. you're pretty intense. Like, you right. know, I, I kind of dig I kind of dig this. Um, you know, I respect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that Jason can even have uh, a character. Right. Um, and that Kane Hodder was able to to bring something mm-hmm. to it is a testament to Kane Hodder's ability, I think. He's a yeah. he's a much in fact, I, I think he's actually when he talks, he's not great, but uh, his mm-hmm. body movements are are solid. Right. Um, he's just a really good uh, physical actor. Oh, for sure. Uh, but I think when he tries to actually create a character and talk and stuff, it doesn't usually go his way. But well, I mean, he's not an actor. He's he's a stuntman and you know performer. Yeah, uh, there there is a slight difference, and that's not to minimize you know Kane Hodder in any way because I mean. The man's one of the greats for a reason. Um, yeah, you know, but but yeah, he's not you know an actor. I mean, he's he, you give him you know a bunch of lines and you know he's gonna say them decently, but it's not gonna you know wow you. But the, yeah. what he's able to do physically in roles is is where it's at. Yeah, I think he refers to himself as an actor. I mean, yeah. I, I know he's talked about you know other films where he's done comedy and stuff, and like I think he kind right. of gets by yeah it's, it's not he's not he's not, not bad, terrible he's, yeah yeah but it's not where he's strongest no i guess that's what i mean say. is that yeah, yeah his performance as jason is is his finest hour right and um and this film i think doesn't he doesn't he usually credit this one as his favorite mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but which as a stuntman it's got to be because he all those gags right i mean the yeah, entire he, the entire third act is gags right so uh did the longest, you know, live burn in, in, in history at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He went for that specifically. Yep. He wanted to try to beat the previous record, um, right. which just uh, the boss to do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, find another hobby. Um, right. You know, uh, I'm not going to, if you're going to set me on fire, be like how fast you put it out. Right. Uh, him is like, no, I get to let it go. I mean, yeah. All right. I respect it. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Not at I, all. Yeah, but but no, that's very cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that the whole third act is gags. I, I right. really do. Um, it's very wily coyote, you know. It is. It is very wily coyote. 
but yeah, I mean, and again, Hodder's ability to perform. I mean, that mm-hmm. first time where she starts like grabbing him with vines and he actually looks confused. Right. Um, it's, you know, and he's able to convey that through that mask, you mm. know? Um, right. But yeah, it, 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 I love that the, also like, again, the stunt work is so solid. Like when she throws the couch at him, right. It's clear they threw a couch at him. Yeah. Like yeah, you can just see it's heavy. Yeah. Right. And he pushes it out of the way. Uh, you know, but no, I mean, you could tell maybe they took some stuff, stuffing out of it or something, but that's a, right. That's a couch. And they just threw it at him across yeah, the room, yeah. you know? And, uh, I'm like, I got to respect that you know but right the gags are so organic um that we don't i don't ask myself how it's done right right you know? um and some of it's pretty obvious when they drop a house on it yeah okay um they fall uh, through a shit ton of stairs you know yeah yeah fall through a hole yeah um get yeah, with a light bulb mm-hmm. you know all of it's pretty clear how they do it but i don't question it while watching it you no. know um, and again, another testament to Hodder's ability as an actor that I just buy Jason being Jason. Yeah, that I don't stop to think that's that's Kane Hodder. They just dropped the house on him. I hope right. he's okay. Um, be like, no, of course he's okay. He's no, Jason. Jason. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's not going to stop him. Um, by the way, as you see the video, I don't know if you follow Arm Schwarzenegger on Twitter. No, but uh, I guess there's a video we're making the rounds again as our force mm. credit of somebody drop kicking him in the back uh, at a uh, at a private event or something. I don't know. That's the joke is that it's shared around right. like some unhinged fan drop kicked him in the lower back. And Arnold says, like, since it's making round again, I remind all of you to make sure you work out your back as well as the rest of you, because <laughs> uh, that's Arnold, you right. know, being like, well, if you if you work you out, can- you got to work out all of it. You could hurt somebody doing that. What the hell's wrong with people? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, then like the video cuts off before one of Arnold's bodyguards clearly starts throwing punches. But, right. Um, yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, was... <laughs> they had someone who drop kicked him. All I'm thinking about was The Simpsons of like, geez, Dad, it's a pretty standard stunt, right? You know, but um, but no, it just it, for whatever reason that popped into my head again. That right. like you know the idea of Arnold getting kicked in the back and he just kind of doesn't even sell it, you know, right. Um, but yeah, um, I love that they just drop a house on Kane Otter. <laughs> right. It's just my favorite thing. One of my favorite things of the whole movie is all of a sudden this is the porch falls on him. Right. And, um, it's such an insane gag to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of course they actually blew up a house in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, what's your favorite gag in the movie? Um, probably the mask split uh, yeah where where it gets tighter and you see all this pus and stuff coming out and then like you know he swivels around mm-hmm. really fast and the mask just like cracks open like an egg yeah and uh, that's just a lot of fun um it's a, it's the, a the way gag, yeah. the way the mask sells like the mask underneath the mask the jason face like mm-hmm. sells it so well with this just you know his outrage and that, in that yeah scene. big um, heaving shoulders yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's my favorite gag in the, in the in the third act. That's a good one to pick. Yeah. It's it's a little bit more. I think it's actually probably a little bit more complicated than some right. of the others. I mean, the if you want to go for like the simple one beat gag, that's the uh, it's probably the uh, the light fixture hitting him in the head and knocking him down the stairs. Like, it's yeah, very home alone, but it works. It's, yeah, it does work. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's just the way it sways back and forth and just could boop hits him on the head and he just kind of falls back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good gag too. Yeah. I do like those. I like I think my favorite's still probably the house. Right. Um, and then the sleeping bag's still my favorite kill. Mm, right. Um I do like the noisemaker in the eye though. That's a good one. Yeah, that's all about the the sound editing though. I mean that's yeah. just the, the, the you know, yeah as as it goes in. Yeah. No, I do like that one. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I just really dig Friday the 13th films. They're not my favorite. My uh, right. tree, tree asked because I told her I was recording this and right. she's like, well, it's like your favorite, isn't it? And I'm like, well, no, I actually, I'm not that. Yes, that's nightmare. Not, nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. My favorite. Yeah. Right. Um, thank you for remembering. Uh, you're not the living dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, as far as like the franchises, like the slasher franchises though, like Friday the 13th is my favorite. Is it really of the of the slasher franchises? Yeah. So you're you like that? You like this more than Nightmare? I've just seen him like way more. Like in the Nightmare, yeah. I feel like you got to pay attention. Uh, True. Like you said you can just throw this out in the background and you just you know vibe with it, come in and out. Yeah. You know. I I think I thought you would take Halloween over rather than too much too much uh, <sighs> too much ups and downs. Yeah, it's it's. There's too many peaks and valleys, too much distance between the peaks and the valleys. Like if you were going to, you know, put like the first six of them on the table, five, sorry, five of them on the table, sure. <laughs> then yeah, yeah, it would probably hit that. But, uh, you know, there's that whole back half to, to reckon with. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think I'd probably take Friday the 13th over uh, Halloween too. Right. Um. Yeah, I think if I, I mean, even though that I would still say out of all the major franchises, not just slasher franchises, but all mm-hmm. the franchises, I would probably, it would, might not even crack top 10 Friday the 13th. Right. But, um, but I do enjoy them uh, as a, a basic, basic thing. I mean, right. it's always, you know, it, it, they're the type of movie that whenever, you know, USA would always, would do a marathon, I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, sure. back back when the cable days, when you know that was actually a thing, we were excited about it. Yep. You know, they're like, but I had them all them. taped off a of cable and stuff like that. You right. Know, and... Right. Yeah. But yeah, at that time back in the day, USA used to do like Friday the Thirteenth marathons on Friday the Thirteenth. They would right. just be like, "Yeah, we're just going to run all of them." Um, or the ones that were cheap enough to get, you know? Yeah, yeah, or at least most of them. Yeah, like you know, we'll run, you know, three, five six and seven you know right. but yeah um which is why i think this one's one of the ones i've seen the most five five mm-hmm. seven and eight i think are probably the ones i've seen the most okay. and i think it's because they were staples on late night cable right um more so than any other um six didn't get shown that much in my memory no six I, rent, I rented six a lot but uh yeah it didn't get shown as much no yeah and the, the good thing with seven is like, you know, we talked about the MPAA, but like, I don't think they've had to cut much of it out to run it on basic cable, you know? And so it probably helped the movie out a lot. On, some on language cable in that way. Yeah. Some language yeah. and a little bit of nudity and, you know, yeah. a tiny, a tadagore, you know, but not enough to where like, you know, the scenes don't make sense anymore, you know? Right. Sometimes right. you run into that problem with like the earlier ones where if you, you, you cut the kills down for, for television and, you know, you don't even know what happened. You know, it's right. like this person's just all of a sudden gone from the narrative. We don't know right. why. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have like that cutaway of like a person looking frightened and then cuts away. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I yeah, you I think you're right. I don't think they probably would have to be cut too much. Um, you probably like like T- um uh not Tina, um Melissa. Melissa. Melissa yeah, right. like you'd probably like have to cut out seeing the axe in her head. Right. But other than that, you just hear the, the axe could come down and then throw her across the room mm-hmm. and you're done. We still know what happened. We just don't get the gag of the axe in the head. Right. Which is a shame because it's a good gag. But um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. You don't actually have to cut much to make it work for cable. And I think the other thing with that is like, you know, again, with John Carl Beekler being, you know, a special effects guy, mm-hmm. he knew the shots that had to go around the shots. Right. You know, he knew what what he would have to, you know, film to sell the the gag, the gore effect. Um, so when those things did get cut, it didn't hurt the film as much as it, it could have with another director. Like, no, I think you're probably right. He probably also planned around it to a degree right. of, like, yeah, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a guy who had, uh, you know, had worked with, I, I actually, well, no, maybe he hadn't worked yet. He probably hadn't done Nightmare on Elm Street yet. Um, I don't think he actually came on board until four. He yeah, did special effects right. work for right. four. Which he was, came out. But he was working for uh, Charles Band before this, you know, doing right. a lot of low budget stuff. Yeah. Quick, quick stuff, you know. Yeah. Like troll. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's we've hard, talked it's about It's hard to just say troll and not troll too. <laughs> yeah. But... Right. No. Um, yeah. We've talked a little yeah. bit about John Carl Buechler in the past, um, right. you know, mostly as an effects artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, was a uh, he's he's passed away, right? Um, but yeah, he was a uh, was a phenomenal special effects uh, pioneer mm-hmm. in uh, in practical effects. He never quite hit that you know Rob Botin level, but right. he was uh, very. Uh, he always worked, and he word? was always pretty reliable. Respected. Yeah, yeah, very reliable um, and uh, well respected. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, he's done a ton of shit that we've talked about him many times already. Right. Um, that, uh, but yeah, as a director, I think he actually does have some ability. I think that mm-hmm. probably the only reason he didn't do more was because of the problems he had making this one. Right. Um, but uh, he's definitely, uh, definitely had his uh, had a good eye. I think you know, in terms yeah. of this thing's pretty well paced. There's some weird, weird cuts in here. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I think there's a scene between like Tina and Nick, and then it cuts away to two other characters, and it's back to Tina and Nick. Right. Uh, and it's like, and they cut away to like, actually, the scene we talked about where it's like the square and his girl are in the van. Right. All of a sudden, we cut to that, him saying, Why are we in the van? And then it cuts back to the other characters mm, we were talking to right. before. I was like, Well, wait, why is that here? Yeah. Um, and they don't get killed in the van. No. So, other than to establish that it's his parents' cabin, which we don't need to know, we don't care. Right. Um, I think it, it was his uncle's cabin, but it doesn't uncle's matter. Cabin, whatever, yeah. yeah. But still, it's weird. Um, it was right. a weird cut, you know, a weird choice. Um, that sometimes happens in these films. Right. That uh, that you know things get kind of strange. Um, I wanted to talk about somebody else, another character, and I we got talking about Buchler and I forgot. Um, it was somebody mm-hmm. specific. Um. But the writer, because I love the writer character. Oh yeah, well there's him. <laughs> uh, he wasn't what I was thinking of, but yes, I do it's appreciate. Just, it's yeah. just a wonderful ongoing joke. His his weird story ideas. Yeah, 
And yeah, I, I always love when, when writers get self-deprecatory, uh, self-deprecating right. and right. are like, well, we're going to put a writer character in this movie and he's going to be the worst one. Yeah. Right. Um, he's going to be a complete <laughs> weird nerd that nobody likes. Rejection. I can yeah. handle that. I've yeah. been rejected by some of the finest science fiction establishments in this country. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like, um, I do like that character. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and how bad his story ideas are, but, uh, right. You know, it's it's kind of it, but it's bad a, in the way where like you feel like you could see the movie, like you know, it, I I feel like these the 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 pitches he has for like Star Mummy and you know what whatever else I'd watch Star um, Mummy. I'd watch the hell out of it, but like I felt like it was it was like something that like Richard Bad would actually put together like for Empire Pictures right. in the eighties. I mean, yeah, yeah, Starlicon. Yeah, Starlicon. Um, uh, uh, highly, highly advanced evolved part, protozoa, protozoa, yeah, which is just people, really. Right. But yeah, um, but only one human being and his woman, and his still woman. survive. Right. Um, he also gets the my favorite joke in the movie, mm-hmm. which is the he's opening the gifts, a uh, personal penis enlarger, and it's a oh, magnifying right. glass. glass. Yeah. I um, and I I replicated that joke one year i I bought somebody a magnifying glass and put it in a box that says personal penis larger they didn't get it and i'd explain oh, it too i also put a pair of tweezers in there and right. and but they didn't get it and i was like well you use the magnifying glass to enlarge your penis and then you use the tweezers uh and you know yeah it works but no they, they he just was like i don't what do you mean and i'm like right. okay never mind um Never mind. I right. stole it from a movie anyway. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, nobody got it. It was really weird. But I was a guest mature for my age. Right. Says the guy who gave somebody a magnifying glass. Um, <laughs> but um, who made it just the, the world's stupidest dick joke. Uh, right. But I was mature for my age. Um, but yeah, no, I like that character. He's fun. Um, I, I wish I could remember who it was I wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, we do have William Butler. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm, right. Um, fun to see him. Yeah. Uh, I really wish he would have been given more to do because he's, I, I love his acting of, of the time. You know, yeah. He went on to write and direct stuff. Um, so I didn't really know his acting career at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But no, we knew, we knew him at that time. I was like, oh, it's a guy from Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1990. Right, uh, right. Which you would actually do a couple years later, but right. Um, I think I probably saw that first before I saw this. Yeah. Um, sure. and then he's in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre Three. Yep. Um, this movie's not really a great, as you said, kind of. It's not really a great representation of his talents. No. Um, because he's actually more interesting when he panics. Um, mm-hmm. as a character actor, so, uh, both Night of Night of Living Dead, nineteen ninety, and, um, Leatherface both have moments with him like completely losing his mind. Right. And that's when he's a lot of fun to watch. In this movie, he's just, yeah, he's obviously, he's kind of like a cameo. Like, yeah. It's a bit part. It's like you're supposed to know who he is or something. Like, Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because he's, he plays Nick's cousin, mm-hmm. which right. by the way, Nick apparently has a picture of his cousin right. in his wallet, which is, he's the birthday. That's baby. normal. But yeah. So he'd carry his picture around in his wallet. Right. Um, I've got pictures of all my cousins in my wallet. You know who doesn't? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a little. Odd Do people that... even carry pictures in their wallets anymore? 
Is that a oh, thing? Oh, uh, I don't know. Some people maybe that are particularly. I think that's like clone. Those are just phones now, right? You know. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Probably there are parents that still have. Yeah, it's true. Make sure the kids in their wallets or want to see my grandkids. Yeah, there's a there. I would yeah. assume it's still if there is, it's probably just due to like the the weird way tradition hangs on, right? Um, in civilization, that even though we don't need to do it anymore, we still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think uh, or people that are retro, right? You know, um, uh, every once in a while, a wallet gets left at the theater and we rifle through it, right? Uh, to find out who it belongs to. Link, mm-hmm. um, but we we will rifle through them. Um, though in all seriousness, we do usually actually just to try to find out who yeah, it belongs yeah. to, <laughs> because if we can find out if we can recognize somebody, you know, right. like oh, it's this person's wallet, we can put it right. aside somewhere. Maybe they'll come back. But um, every once in a while, we do find. Uh, I remember a high school kid left behind his, and it had a picture of him and his girlfriend in it. Oh, so that's cute. Yeah, I mean, we were like, yeah, that's what Tree said. She went, oh, that's cute. He has a picture right. of his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, so it does happen, right? But again, I think it's a traditional thing that just sort of keeps hanging on, even though nobody right. really questions why. Um, yeah, you know. So, <clears throat> but Nick has one of his cousins, right? Sure. Um, but no, I. I um, I don't even remember how he dies now that I think about it. Oh, you got killed with a tent peg, right? Uh, a what? A tent peg. Tent peg. Tent peg. Tent peg. Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, that's right. And then Jason digs it in a door frame for no reason. Right. Yeah. So that Dr. Cruz can find it. Yep. Sure. And hide it, you know. And hide it. Um, and then there's another one later, but there's a different one later. Like, there's like two of them later. There's two of them. Weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there are two of them. Good call. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, you're right. There are two of them. That's really strange. Um, oh, I remember now who I wanted to talk about. So Tina's father. Yeah. Oh, right. Being in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of shitheads, uh, right. they established that he drinks because uh, mm-hmm. we hear his wife say, please don't drink anymore. And he says, don't tell me what to do and slaps her. Right. It's what causes Tina to run out of the lake and, and kill mm-hmm. him. What I think is interesting is first of all, when he comes out of the house, he's wearing like this cardigan. Right. right. And I'm like, well, that looks like a very dangerous man. Um, but at the same time, the actor has one this one little moment where she said when she says, you know, I hate mm-hmm. you and I wish you were dead. Right. His face kind of falls. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, it's perfect so that I can actually feel some sympathy. Right. Um, because otherwise I'd be like, well, fuck that guy. Yeah, but yeah. I um, but I get the impression. I think what we're being presented with is a man that maybe if he had lived through this night, he may have changed, right? And I think that's that's interesting. That's an interesting choice to make, uh, yeah. for a film that really doesn't give a shit about making choices about character, right? Um, I I think it's interesting that they do that, uh, and take the time to do that, so that we actually do feel some sort of sympathy, um. Uh, and by the way, there's a great gag, another great gag that I just caught this time mm-hmm. when Tina actually is is freaking out. And uh, it's one of the scenes inside the house. And she's like this. And he's like, you're having trouble with your fa- the guilt of your father's death. She goes, this has nothing to do with my father. Mm-hmm. The next shot is Dr. Cruz standing next to a photo <laughs> right. of her father. Yeah. 
And then he looks at the picture and back to her and then crosses mm-hmm. the room. It was just another nice choice. Yeah. You know, to be like, you know, this is something to do with my father. She said, looking at a photo of her father. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's just an interesting aspect. Uh, there are a couple of nice directorial choices, I think is mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. And you wouldn't expect that in Friday the 13th, seven. Right. Um, which, by the way, it's funny too, to me that, how many Friday the 13th there are, uh, how many franchises get that far? Not many. You know, even a seventh installment. Right. And it's like halfway through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, it's it's funny how we as horror fans kind of think about franchises mm-hmm. and their length because it, that it's actually really odd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. In what way? Most franchises don't get that far. Right. You know, um, now it's now maybe it's a little bit more common. I mean, we've got a million and a half at Marvel movies or whatever. But it's interesting to me that you have this one franchise that just kept going. Right. Um, And that we as horror film fans, I think we we take that for granted. That franchises are going go along um, when in reality, not many of them do. Uh, No, even at the time, like, you know. When yeah. This when Friday Thirteenth started out, you know, there weren't that many. There weren't many franchises out there, and their you know, sequels were just done. You know, with the regularity that they were in the you know mid eighties or 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 now even. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It's kind of a it's a weird outlier. Um. Yeah. That we but just it kinda... seems yeah, but it seems commonplace. Right in the in the mind of the horror fan that we're like, well, right. yeah, of course, there's like fourteen Friday the Thirteenth. Why not? Yeah. Like, I mean, we just but, we just had you know a tenth Saw movie come out, and you know, yeah, uh, however many Exorcist movies there were, I'm not gonna put was this six. This would be the sixth. Sixth, yeah, 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 six. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's odd in and of itself that the right. Exorcist has that many friggin' movies but technically although you could make an argument the Exorcist only has five there's two versions of one movie but right. um you know and then a tv series but i don't uh, I, what i'm talking about at least at this point mm-hmm. in history was also like now things are different because now we're getting late arrival right um requels or whatever the hell they mm-hmm. call them now like right. whatever the kids are calling them uh that was a, that's again that's a modern phenomena yeah um back in 88 right i mean a seventh i mean that's kind yeah. of absurd uh you know it's just that it's just it's, it's not not really a main a big point to make it's just i'm right. saying like it's just interesting how we view yeah. Friday the 13th as if that's normal. normal right yeah and it's like well no getting a seventh installment that's crazy talk mm-hmm um, and it, you know, to, to that point, you know, it was made a, uh, they made fun of it in like you know stuff like The Simpsons and The Monster Squad and you know stuff like that, you know, yeah, that I, I can't remember what they would call these franchises in those in those things, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, really... like Blood Masks, fourteen, seventeen, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, I think even like at this time, around the same time, Dennis Miller in one of his uh, stand-up acts before he became a yeah, back when he was funny. Right. Yeah, back when he was funny. Even had that talk, it did a bit about movies where he's like, We've got Rocky Five coming out, we got Friday the 13th, part pie, 
right you know it's uh you know there it was a vernacular that they were like how yeah. are there this many right 13th movies um people kept seeing them I mean, yeah oh yeah simple as that yeah. yeah uh they cost nothing to make yep and then whereas now they'd have like a writer's room and they would have you know mm-hmm. I'm not saying like they would spoil it because you know what's there to spoil, right? But um, um, they'd have like this writers' room and they would have like all this lore and they would you know have a like a ten year plan for Jason Voorhees, right? You know, yeah. Instead of just like okay, this is what works, let's make another one. Okay, let's what works, let's make another one. You know, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Is Bob Shea and um, uh, Frank Mancuso Jr. Mm and Sean Cunningham and even even uh Charles Band and right. and Roger Corman I mean they knew when to strike yep and when not to you know they were and it was never a uh we'll plan a whole bunch of these I mean Friday the 13th is a franchise they actually actively ended right and then decided well no there's more money to be made twice what <laughs> they ended it twice yeah yeah. You know? Well, later, later on, yeah. yeah at this yeah. point, at, at, at this, this point, point they ended seven, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And brought it back. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it is interesting, and of course, we've talked about this at length. You know, I've mm-hmm. done way too many rants on this about the way things have changed. Right. But um, but that's that is the fundamental difference is that producers used to be greedy, mm-hmm. but they were a uh logical greedy a a right. uh, uh a fair greedy maybe mm-hmm. um you know a realistic greedy uh where you know it was like we made a film and it did well so we'll make another right and then that one did well so we'll make another and uh, uh friday Thir- uh, nightmare on elm street is actually a perfect example where um you know they hit five they mm-hmm. hit the wall right it didn't do well and they called it a day they called it a day so okay freddy's yep. dead one last yep. run. We'll make some more money and we cut it. We kill it. We end it. Right. <laughs> that was, uh, and of course they made more. Right. Um, but they made more because Wes Craven wanted Yeah, to how can you say no to that? Yeah, yeah. That that was, uh, that they only, obviously... made, they only made one more and it invented that, you know, that kind of weird, you know, a few years later reboot will, you know. Yeah. And that was only made because of, uh, that Bob Shea felt he owed one, right? Uh, to Craven, and uh, but yeah, but that's what I mean is that's that's a producer, right? You know, that's that's the guy, that's the studio head that makes sense to me, yeah, you know, yeah. be like, okay, we'll keep ma- we'll just make another, mm-hmm. uh, and then when you hit that point where you're like, well, not profitable anymore, right. pull the plug, uh, instead, nowadays. They would have hit Nightmare on 5, and then they would have said, okay, well, we have to do three more. Right. Or the studio heads who knew that, you know, what they're making here isn't necessarily capital A art, but it's it's keeping the lights on to do other stuff. Right. You know, Which is usually what what used to be what horror's main purpose was for most studios. To make some money so they could do some respectable shit. Yeah, yeah. And to, to, you know, make sure and to maybe, you know, tighten up uh, uh, quarterly losses. Right. You know, it's like, well, we can release it. We can make a horror movie for a million dollars and get 10 back. Uh, That helps our quarterly figures. Mm -hmm. You know, our percentages go up, you know, uh, so that when the head of the studio, the CEO, Mm -hmm. looks at your quarters and go, well, this movie was successful. 
that's a hundred and that's a thousand percent profit. Right. You know, uh, that used to be its goal was to keep things on, you know, it was just make a little bit of money. Um, and now we get, you know, well, we got to make a trilogy. Right. Or every uh, movie's got to make a billion dollars or it's useless, you know, or it's useless. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess when you're making a movie for, you know, 300 million, right. You, you got to make your, you got to hope you get that billion, but, but that's why they're making these $300 million movies is, yeah. is because they, they think they have to make a billion. It's like, no, you can just make a, you know, yeah. I guess nowadays it would be $75 million. 50 million. Uh, I remember, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember our friend Nick McAnulty. I'm pretty sure this was, I'm attributing right. this correctly when um, it was announced that, you know, uh, Warner Brothers was going to give Zack Snyder mm-hmm. another seventy million dollars to do reshoots right. for Justice League. He said you could have given seventy different independent filmmakers a million dollars to right. go out and make whatever a, a whole slate of yep. low budget horror films um, for HBO Max. Yeah. You know, like you you could have done. You know, you could have made so many films with that 70 million dollars yep um but instead you gave it to him to do one to do some reshoots uh you know it's the priorities there yeah that that's a weird priority uh if you have 70 million dollars and you want to make content make a bunch Mm -hmm. of it make a bunch of low budget content you could have found a whole any go to any horror film festival you know or uh uh contest Mm -hmm. you know uh, and find the two best ones there and be like, we'll give you, I'll, I'll give you 2 million each right, to make your project, uh, you know, and we'll release it on HBO max to help. You, our... should, you don't even have to make it. You could just go to these things and buy stuff. Yeah. With that money, that too. you know? Yeah. You know, that's true. Yeah. That too. But yeah, you could absolutely do, you know, uh, or even, you know, seven, $10 million movies. Right. You know, uh, you know, you would find there's no shortage of great talent out there waiting for that break. Right. That will work for probably for pennies, you know, and but no, give it to Zack Snyder. Yeah. But no, you know, it's it's just a different game. Yeah. But, you know, back then it was Friday the 13th was like, well, we can spend what was the budget on this movie? Do you know, uh, I can look it up. Yeah. Not I mean, can't be that Not much. much. Five, five million, probably. You know. Yeah, I was going to say uh, maybe seven at most. Right. Uh, budget was uh, two point eight million. Oh well, we're yeah, we're and still made, we're know, still 19. thinking modern. Yeah, yep, yeah, we're still thinking too modern. But yeah, right. two point five million dollars to make this film, and it looks better than Exodus the Begin, uh, Exodus Believer, right? You know, um, and uh, yeah, you could have made Warner Brothers could have made seventy of these, you right. know, uh, and. But no, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's so it's weird how things have changed, mm-hmm. you know. And now we were sounding like old men now, I'm sure, right. but but it's true. Uh, you know, back back in this time period, it was just you know we're gonna keep making Friday the Thirteenth until it becomes unprofitable, right? And it never did. And yeah, you know, uh, the only reason I'm not no, the rights these now. the rights just the rights just got weird, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason why we're not having more of these right. is uh, is rights rights issues i'm still bummed uh, they never made it to 13 of these things you know they may yet it one day so per- perfect yeah, yeah one day one day Maybe i'm sure soon. it will happen one yeah. day yeah uh something will happen and uh they'll but if make... they would have made 13 of these like you know 
real ones like where it's not like a reboot it's not a crossover yeah you know it's not um a deconstruction or like a like trying a new genre like they did with uh final friday or x mm. which i love both of those movies for, sure. uh, for themselves Don't yeah. wrong, i love this whole this whole franchise uh, yeah despite itself <laughs> yeah. but the, the thing it would have been cool to have gotten to like 13 of this you know, the mainline franchise and just you know call it a day at that point but yeah yeah i'm sure i also mean someday there probably will be yeah Friday the Thirteenth Part Thirteen, you know, by David sure Gordon that, Green. By David Gordon Green. Uh, okay, I'm sure um, you've seen. I'm sure you've seen the articles that said that have said that he wants to do this next. You know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think next he's supposed to do some Hellraiser stuff. I don't know. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know if that's still in the offing after that Hulu thing or not. But what Hulu thing? Oh, the uh, Hellraiser movie. The Hellraiser movie for Hulu. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they keep doing it, but yep. All right. Well, um, anything else? No, I think that butt does it <laughs> on that note. Now that we now we've left it a sour note for some reason. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, yeah. I I would yep. say um, you know, on the end of the positive, I think that Friday Thirteenth Part Seven is a, a lot of fun to watch. Got some great mm-hmm. gags. Yep. Um, and uh, has uh the nicest Friday the Thirteenth character in it. So there's right. something to to uh. To recommend it um mm-hmm. considering that the friday the 13th franchise usually has a bunch of jerks right you know this one actually does have a nice boy in it who's actually yeah really, just a really nice person so i like that he lives mm-hmm. um and uh, oh i did want to mention that um he has probably one of my might might have my favorite line read <laughs> in any of the friday the 13th as well where Melissa's like, you know, comes up and says, all's fair in love and war. And he just goes, Melissa, I don't even like you. Right. And I love that. I, uh, he's, I don't even like you. Right. Like it's such a, it's just such a nice moment that I, I it made me laugh out loud this time. That's yep. all, you know, but no, that, that, uh, that I think wraps me up for me. I, uh, right. I, I enjoy, I enjoy the series and uh, yep. yeah. So do I, and it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's a it's a fun series that, like you said, you know, it knows what it wants to be. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's if that's what you're in the mood for, you know, then go with seven. Try seven again. You know, you. It's usually listed near the bottom of the uh the franchise when people do lists of the best of or you know yeah. the ranking, which is all bullshit anyways but um bear with me here for a second um it all it always lands near the bottom of the list and i don't know if it really deserves that um so check it out um with that i guess uh i'll take us out of here um thank you once again for listening i hope you're having a a great halloween month um it's not that often we get a friday 13th in a halloween month you know so that's kind of cool um but you know watch out for each other it's it's spooky in a lot of ways out there that aren't you know fun um Check your candy. Check whoever gives you candy. Check your candy. But also keep in mind candy dealer. But also make sure you keep in mind nobody likes your kid enough to give them free drugs. Right. But you know, they might like you enough to give you free drugs. So check your candy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying here. I'm just I've lost the the entire plot. So sorry. Yeah. Yep. It's late. Mm -hmm. Um, so with that, I'll take us out of here and say uh, you know. Watch out for one another. Um, 
as I like to say, uh, be kind, rewind, but mostly be kind. Thanks. Thank you.